I recently watched a documentary entitled Deliver Us From Evil, and it's a it's filled with sad stories for the church and for families. It focused on a former Catholic priest who molested a lot of children. And he admits it. One of the families that they talked to had their daughter molested from ages 5 to 12. They didn't know about them until she was an adult. The reason that their daughter never told them what was going on was because her dad had once told her as a little girl that if anyone ever hurt you, I'd kill them. I think a lot of us say that. After some of the sexual abuse from her priest, she asked another little girl what would happen if someone's daddy killed someone else. The little girl told her, He'd go away to prison forever and ever and never come back. That day, this abused girl swore to herself she'd never tell her parents because she didn't want her dad to go away forever. And she knew because he'd told her, and all kids believe their trustworthy parents, of course, that if she did tell him, then he would absolutely kill that priest. And then he would absolutely go to prison. For what she thought was forever and ever and ever. And he'd never come back. As the father told the story, he sobbed um, really, really hard. And admitted, I guess her love for me kept her from telling me. And my love for her, I feel guilty about that. He also said, I wish I had never said that to my daughter. Most people seem to live with this sense of unavoidable vengeance should something bad ever come to their loved ones. And that makes sense. We love our loved ones. <clears throat> but for many reasons, I find this mentality that we should take vengeance, that it'll bring justice, that it'll make things right. I find it misguided and dangerous, at the very least. But the words of this father spell out an argument that I've rarely entertained in discussion or even private thought up until I heard it. For Christians, revenge is not an option. Ever. Romans 12, 17-21 is very clear on that. Christians forgive. Mark eleven twenty five. For a Christian to live with the assurance that they will kill someone, or have the state kill someone on their behalf so they don't have to, for mistreating them or their loved ones is antithetical to the way of Christ, a man in which they are to follow, the God which they follow, their king. Now that's difficult. I mean, let's, let's not lie. Not taking revenge, forgiving people, for rape, for murder... That's hard. No one wants to do that. But because Christ is victorious, because he did it, because he's king, we can know it's good, that it's trustworthy. Now that being said, I'm not sure what I would do if someone hurt, raped, 
or even killed my loved ones. And I hear that as you get married and have kids, uh, that that desire to protect and take vengeance grows. I'm sure it does. I don't doubt it for a second. But I'm committed. I'm committed to responding in love. And that commitment will be a tool in preparing me for such an occasion. Should, God forbid, it ever occur. If we meditate on loving responses, then we're more likely to respond with love. And the opposite's true also. If we meditate on and commit ourselves to vengeance, to revenge, then we'll react with vengeance, with hate. Now think about this. Words are important. Scripture says that words build up and tear down, that our tongues have the power of life and death in them, that the tongue is a rudder that steers the entire ship. That means that our words build our person. They create our character. Our vocabulary, our consistent speech, the things we continually say over and over, they build us into someone. In psychology, it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. You say it so much, it becomes reality. And it's true. It's a real deal. If we continue to say, I'm going to kill this person, I'm going to kill this person, odds are we're going to kill someone. If we say, I'm going to love, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to love, I'm going to forgive, we're more likely to love and forgive, as hard as it is. To, to understand how important words are, just think about how the universe was created. Scripture tells us that God said, let there be light. He spoke it into being. Our words... They're important. We need to be careful with them. We need to be intentional about them. Because not only will words build our person, but they will greatly affect the people around us. Be they daughters, sons, spouses, friends, or enemies. And if our words have the power of life and death in them, then we really need to watch our mouths. But let's get back to the words of the abused girl's father. He said his promise of vengeance is basically what allowed the abuse to continue for so long and to be swept under the rug for decades. This is, though unfortunate, a perfect example of vengeance and a commitment to violence and or revenge and how it not only hurts those we're against, but it hurts ourselves and those that we love and brings the possibility of destruction to all those people. It's a perfect example of why evil cannot triumph over evil, Mark 3, 23-26, and why we're always to overcome evil with good. Forgiveness and love are the answer to a peaceful future. Vengeance and hate are the answer to no future at all. I wonder how things would have been different had the father been committed to love and forgiveness. Had he verbalized that to his daughter and his wife? What if he continually said, if someone hurts you, 
We'll take care of it, but we'll forgive them and we'll help them be restored. We'll reconcile them to us and to God. The abuse may still have happened. Sin is still in the world. But maybe it would have been reported earlier. Maybe less kids would have been abused. Maybe that family would have loved that priest into a place of healing. I don't know. We can always look back and say what, what could have happened. It's easy. What's hard is saying what we'll do now. If you really want to protect your family, to do right by your loved ones, defend them and avenge them, then do so. But do it with your love, because nothing can overcome love. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that. Forgiveness and mercy can change and free the abuser, yourself, and those who have been abused. Holding on to hate will never bring freedom. It's been said that you can't shake hands with a clenched fist. There's so much more profit in love and forgiveness than in hate and revenge. And dehumanizing abusers makes the task of forgiveness impossible. It's something we have to stay away from. We must see all of our enemies for what they are, for who they are. Our enemies are people, broken people, who need to be mended. And you can't sew a stitch with one hand while taking it apart with the other. We learn that love and forgiveness heal and change through Christ. For he died on our behalf while we were against him, while we were sinners, abusers of him. Jesus has taught us that we destroy enemies when we love them, when we make them brothers and sisters. There's a freedom in forgiveness. Hate and violence are tools that can only produce bondage and death. They can never produce freedom or life. So what will our mantra be? I'll kill whoever hurts you, or I'll love whoever hurts you. For all of our sakes, I hope we can embrace the latter.